Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Uh, yeah, this game was definitely one to forget. Uh, if you have spent your Saturday night watching uh, Raptors Celtics, expecting just even expecting a game, like I'm not expecting a win, but expecting like a competitive game, then uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like there are no refunds in life, really. Uh, the Raptors lose 117 to 94 uh, in Boston. Uh, I remember on the show on Friday um, talking about this game and I just, you know, we didn't have the lines at that point and, you know, we typically pick the lines or whatever. And um, yeah, without even knowing the lines, I was just like, look, let's just pick the Celtics. Like if you are going to be inclined to, to go with this game, just pick the Celtics, no matter what the line is, because um, this is just a really, really bad matchup for the Raptors. It's been that way for a couple of years. Um, you know, the Raptors have had, some kind of like uh, upstart wins in Boston once in a while. They're always really memorable. You know, like Scotty's second ever game in the NBA was in Boston. And whatever, Boston was a totally different team at that time. And, and he had a really, really nice game um, to spark his rookie of the year campaign. But like, you know, this is the typical result in Boston. This reminds me so much of uh, the two games that the Raptors played in Boston at the end of last season um, when they were in that sort of chase for the play in chase for the you know the actual playoffs in the top six while Boston obviously was comfortably in and uh yeah Raptors went in there one of those games I mean it was just genuinely pretty terrible to watch Boston really struggled on offense too but you know they they won in the end Uh, and then the the next game was similar to this actually I think this wasn't as bad as probably those two games only in the sense that like um, I thought the starters actually played decently for the first half. Like, I thought the starters actually played cohesively. Um, some tough matches against Boston. You know, um, one of the reasons I don't like this matchup, for example, is just the Raptors have a really, really hard time touching the paint against Boston because of how much they switch. Um, and then they're going to keep Porzingis, uh, who, you know, way sagged off of Jakob Pertl. Uh, in the middle of the floor and so it's just really really hard to get to the paint and you know the Raptors are not a good three-point shooting team so any team that has that ability to to really really switch keep dribble penetration in front uh, and then you know also have a seven foot three shot blocker at the back like you're just not gonna have a good time getting to the basket we are probably gonna need to do is what the starters actually did and I thought the Raptors did a really good job of involving Yaka Pertle in the offense giving him the ball um, in the middle of the floor and then sort of make, you know, setting a couple of screens um, off the ball, splitting off of each other so that maybe there is a bit of a gap and the Raptors can sneak behind for an alley-oop like Yak found uh, Pascal for one. And I think in the second quarter, um, or you can find, you know, opportunities where a guy can lift up to the three and get open. I mean, look, the Raptors had fairly open threes. They just not are not good at shooting them. They were, what, 10 of 37 today, which is just 27%. Like, even if the Raptors shot, like, a regular 37%, let's just say, like, that wouldn't have changed the outcome of this game. But regardless, like, you know, you could get these open shots, but it was just really easy for Boston to defend the Raptors. Um, you know, uh, I you know, they actually got a decent amount from just Yak getting the ball and then Yak driving it straight at Porzingis. Um, maybe it's just because Porzingis was playing so off of him. Maybe Porzingis was just thinking help the whole time. But, you know, Yak actually did take it to him a couple of times and score a couple of layups. I think, you know, on that front, I'm like, okay, that's actually kind of encouraging. Like, you, you rarely ever see Jakob put it on the floor, call his own number once in a while. But the read was there for him to sort of go at him. I'm sure the part of the game plan was that too. Um the issue was, I think on the other end, Boston has such an easy time sort of like, um, you know, cutting apart the Raptors. 
Um, obviously, this is the big difference here is the spacing. Like um, Boston didn't even shoot that much of a, they didn't even have that great of a three point shooting game. Let's just say, um, you know, fifteen of forty four is like fairly average for them. Typically, like they get north of fifty um, attempts up from three, uh, and then they will shoot typically better than thirty four percent. So this is actually kind of a bad three point shooting game for Boston, believe it or not. But um, you know, they have the floor so spread. Uh, that the Raptors really just struggled to sort of maintain their matchups, guarding them at the top. And um, what that led to was some mismatches. What that led to was some miscommunications. Uh, and Boston, at the start of the game, it was kind of really similar because I was watching the game that they played against the, the Nets on Friday. And, um, you know, that was sort of just, you know, a bit of a preparation for this game, but also just kind of like tossing on the background, you're cooking kind of thing. And I'm watching that game, and I'm just thinking, like, damn, this is so easy for them. Like, they just run up and down the floor, jack up a three. They make most of their threes. Otherwise, it's like they play really good defense. They get out in transition, and they just dunk the ball. And I thought, like, the Nets pose zero resistance against uh, Boston. And and this game was actually the exact same thing. Like, that's why I don't think that you saw Boston really show any signs of fatigue on, on the second half of a back-to-back or whatever. Like, first off, they were at home. And second of all, they barely had to... It was like a scrimmage on Friday, and it was a scrimmage here tonight as well. So I'm sure they're 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 good to go energy wise. But um, they spread the floor a lot, and the Raptors definitely wanted to maintain certain matchups. You know, like they they didn't want, for example, Dennis Schroeder having to guard you know one of their two big wing players, right? In uh in um you know Tatum and Brown, they probably wouldn't even want Dennis on um, Drew Holiday. I guess that's a little bit better. Um, they didn't want Jakob switched on to their wings as well. And so, like, when the Raptors had to defend these actions, whether that was sort of using, um, you know, Derek White to come set the screen to involve Dennis into the play, or when they more often use Porzingis in the screen to involve Jakob, a lot of breakdowns from that perspective. I think the Raptors also just, I don't know, their, I guess their man-to-man defense wasn't that great either. Like, um, you know, I would say there was one really good sequence where Scotty picked off Jalen Brown at half court. Uh, and then hit it ahead to Pascal for a layup. That was in the first quarter after Scotty hit a three, and I was like, okay, this is kind of promising. I like this. But outside of that, just really, really bad on-ball defense as well. Um, I think the biggest um, or the most notable complaint I would have on that front is just like I thought, you know, part of the game plan was for Pascal to to not just cover Drew Holiday, um, but pressure him as well. But I think the difficulty is like when you pressure the guy and you get really in tight, like it looked a lot like last year's Raptors where – you know, especially if the guy's a really good, tight ball handler, but also somebody who's very strong in the case of Drew Holiday, who's not, I mean, he's definitely stronger than Pascal, even though Pascal's bigger. Um, you know, they just allows a lot of blow buys and the Raptors help at the basket is also kind of either late or just like, just, I don't know. The Raptors typically aren't that help conscious, but also when they do help in this case, like you are leaving a three-point shooter open every single time. And so your rotations have to be excellent and crisp behind it. And I just never really thought that that was the case. So, you know, the starters actually did a decent job of sort of keeping them close in the first half. Like, it wasn't, you know, a blowout at halftime or any means. But, uh, yeah, third quarter, I thought that all kind of fell apart. You know, um, Raptors offensively, you know, stopped using Yak as much. But they also just stopped, you know, um, like, the threes, when they, when they kept missing threes in the third quarter, I felt like it just really drained them. Boston needed to get on the fast break over and over and over again. Um, you know, I... I I saw a highlight reel at the end for the the man of the match or whatever, and it was it was Jalen Brown, and it was just like a two minute compilation of him dunking the ball six different ways. Like, yikes! Like <laughs> when that happens, like you really know that uh, you know your defensive principles and transition just weren't really solid. And so, 
you know, it, it was tough. And of course, you're not really going to see much from the, the bench in this case, right? Like the bench coming in was not going to change much of anything. Um, I would say that obviously, so the good news is that Precious was able to return to the lineup. He'd been missing time with the groin injury um, and he'd been ramping up this this time. Unfortunately, the bad news is that we lost Gary in that in that mix, and I wouldn't say that that's a positive trade. Um, and, and with Precious coming back into this game, you know, you just knew that there was going to be, uh, you know, a bit of rust. You know, I, and you, when you saw Precious coming into the game, you definitely saw a player who was really unsure. Like I, I would say, when you watch him back, like he's kind of out of position a lot of the times. When he first came into the game, the Celtics went at him defensively. He made a number of mistakes. You know, either a little too jumpy or a little too late or. You know, not closing it well. Like again, like I'm not trying to pick on him. He, he's rusty. I'm, it's understandable. I just mean that like it, it was a not a positive contribution. I, I think him and Chris at the same time. I mean, even though it worked at times in previous years, I feel like especially this year they haven't played as much together, and, and partially because Precious has been unavailable. Uh, but when they do play together, you see some glaring weaknesses, right? Like you know, both guys are kind of it compounds some of the errors because they tend to make similar mistakes in terms of like a little bit too jumpy, a little bit out of position um, and offensively just, you know, not much on the, off the dribble, but also like decision-making wise, it wasn't like they were like, you know, mind melding and, and sort of like hitting guys with nice passes like Yak was in for the starting group. Like the second unit came in and just really struggled with that. Um, and it didn't help that like, you know, again, Boston really has played Toronto a lot, obviously being the same, you know, division, and all that There's similar teams as well um, in, in terms of just like the Raptors haven't really like t- torn their team apart and the Celtics have obviously kept their group together and added to it. But, um, you know, they, they know exactly sort of the tendencies of sort of who to attack. So like, um, for example, Chris Boucher comes to this game and he's guarding Sam Hauser and immediately the Celtics start playing pick and pop with Sam Hauser and Sam gets two wide open threes as the Raptors miscommunicate. Um, and I got to go back and watch specifically who was wrong. But if I had to guess, it was probably Chris. Um, with, with obviously some miscommunication with the group as well. I'm not trying to single him out either. It's just like, this is just kind of how the game went. And so when you don't have any positive bench contributions, like you really do rely on your starters to be great. I mean, they just weren't like, I, I don't know what to say. Like uh, on the Celtic side, they, I think they played together really well, but they also had, you know, Tatum, for example, was only three of nine from three, but all the threes were like pull up in your eye. Like it felt like the impact of it wasn't like, three of nine from the from three if it was like three kicks to the chest and and six times where you you, you feel like you dodged a bullet you know what I mean like it, it's it's that kind of production from them Porzingis easily outplaying his matchup against Yak I thought Yak again took it to him a couple times but the overall effect of having Porzingis stretching him out to the three-point line having no rim protection out back to sort of help with any sort of closeouts like that's something that has always been a bit of an element with Boston with Al Horford obviously in the starting lineup instead of Porzingis but you know, with Porzingis too, he has this like super deep three that he's been shooting pretty much ever since he came into the league, but especially more and more uh, where he shoots it from well over 30 um, feet from the basket. And I just don't really know what you expect. Like, I guess yeah, I could go out there and contest and play him tight. But the point isn't to shut down Porzingis. The point is to be able to play help defense behind them because guys like Brown and Tatum will, will beat their man. And, and, and Brown and Tatum definitely beat their man like repeatedly. Um, and so, you know, you needed some sort of response from the Raptors group. First half, I thought Pascal played well, you know, played within the flow, played within the team. Um, second half, didn't get the ball as much, but also just didn't really capitalize on the chances he had. Like, you know, Sam Hauser's on him. He spins, misses the layup. Like, you know, what can you really do? Like, on the other end, you have Tatum, like, beating OG Anobi, who's one of the best defenders in the world, beating him, like, for fun, like, and just driving past him or pulling up for three, doing whatever he wants against this player. Meanwhile, Pascal's spinning on uh, Sam Hauser, and he can't make the layup. So 
And again, that's that's not me trying to pick on the situation. I'm just saying it's a huge disparity, right? You don't have that response from your stars either. So, um, yeah, big difference in this game. And, and you know, this is occasional contributions that Dennis was able to make, um, you know, catching them by surprise or whatever. But, like, ultimately, it just – there was no actual response from the Raptors. And so, yeah, when it fell apart, it really did fall apart. Down 30, um, kind of – easily in, in in by the end of the third quarter and uh yeah i mean you know a bit of a controversy let's say at the end um maybe more of a manufactured controversy or one that could have been avoided totally in the sense that um you know uh, joe Missoula, despite being up 25 26 27 28 30 plus um kept you know tatum and brown in the game until i would say like maybe five minutes left in the sixth uh, fourth quarter like the, the thing is like i would understand it if the raptors had any momentum offensively but the raptors clearly don't have anything and and they're starting to put their third stringers out there so whatever like they, they kept their stars in they kept dunking the ball it kept looking great whatever right eventually those guys came out of the game too and then in a 27 point game with like three minutes left um i think it was chris boucher who was involved in the deflection and, and the referees ruled at raptors ball and Joe Mazzula decided to challenge um, that play. And, uh, you know, what that led to, I mean, look, listen, it doesn't really affect me other than just like, okay, this is another five minutes of my life um, that I'm not going to get back. But um, what it really led to was like, you know, Dennis coming over and yelling at him uh, while wearing warm-ups, Darko coming on and yelling at Joe. And, and not even like, I mean, who cares if, if two coaches yell at each other? It's not that spicy, really. But it, it I think the overall thing is just like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're up 27, three minutes left. Yeah, okay, the play changes over to your hands. Congratulations. Like, cool. What does that ultimately achieve? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's uh, whatever. Like, I'm... It's not even so much like the unwritten rules to me. I think it's more just an efficiency of like, how are you spending your life? Like, again, you you really, there are no refunds in life. So, you know, if you want to waste five minutes of everybody's time with this, then go ahead. But uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, look, ultimately the Raptors had to do a much better job of responding to what the Celtics um, present as a threat. I think, um, you know, strategy wise, I think they had an okay idea of sort of what they want to do offensively in the first half. They got away from it. I think it's also like Boston probably adjusted to it as well. Um, you know, uh, in, in the second half, like it, there's only so many times that you can throw to yak, run a split action and then get a great offense out of that. Like, it's not the hardest thing in the world to guard, especially with Boston being able to switch so much. They also have this great luxury of having like just incredible defenders across the board, um, which, uh, you know, is, is, is tough to contend with. Um, you know, but at the same time, like that, you do need a better response. And th- there were lots of moments where individual moments of Raptors not being focused, Raptors not communicating on switches. Like you got to play your best game to be competitive with this group um, or with this specific team. And the Raptors will be playing them at least at home next time, uh, next Friday when the Raptors, uh, you know, play their first uh, in-season tournament game. So um, you, there will need to be a response. But I do think the bigger picture too is, is a little interesting to me because um with boston like you know uh they obviously had the you know their, their championship core and it was a kg paul pierce kind of situation ray allen rajon rondo uh kendrick perkins who is now you know taking off his belt and whipping a chair on live tv uh <laughs> a day after adam silver says i i want uh you know a, a more analytical approach to the broadcasting um you know so it, it is what it is uh but you know they transition away from that group. Uh, ultimately, they they made that incredible trade uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, and that ultimately led to a couple of lean years in Boston. But ultimately, like you know, they were still fairly competitive, and they also got some really really great players out of it, right? You know, when, even when they won, um, 
even when they made the trade with Philadelphia uh, to to sort of slide um, the number one pick to Philly, and, and they went down to three to take Tatum. Um, obviously, Fultz was taking first overall. Like, you know, um, that was that was that was a good deal. And and uh, they've had their stars for a while. And Tatum and Brown, they've chosen to build around them. They've had other stars come through as well. You know, like Kyrie. To whatever extent you want to say, Gordon Hayward was a star. I mean, obviously, he had that horrible foot injury right away in his debut, and so. You know, I'm not trying to take it away from him. He wasn't all he, he was an all star level player in, in Utah, um, but they've had these two stars, and the last couple of years they haven't really like gone over the hump. You know, they obviously went to the finals and they were even up two one before Steph Curry, you know, happened and Andrew Wiggins happened and all that kind of stuff, and they lost it. But they're consistently in the conference finals. They're consistently you know a threat to challenge. I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. It's pretty clear to me. Um, but it's their best, their best team in the Eastern conference because of their team building strategy. Like a, they're, you know, they're going to spend really, really deep into the tax to keep this group together. But then again, when you watch this group play like today, for example, you see why you would spend that kind of money. But at the same time, they've made true trades that make sense in terms of how to complement you know, Brown and Tatum. Now, Brown and Tatum have continued to develop. They continue to grow, you know, like they've done their part, but the front office also done their part to surround them with guys like Derek white. I mean, like, man, adding Derek white, to this group uh, was a, was just an you know absolutely huge move uh, in the last two years. Uh, adding Drew Holiday into this group, I mean, look at Drew Holiday in this game. He, he even only had like eight point seven assists, like plus twenty two. But his defense, his playmaking, you know, the reads that he was making, just excellent kind of stuff, right? Adding Porzingis to this group, and I'm not particularly fond of Porzingis as a person at all. But like ultimately, when you think about it, seven foot three shot blocker with three point range, and yeah, he might be hurt, might not be hurt. But it's hard to be hurt when you're when you only play 28 minutes and you're blowing teams out. Like you know the the ability to stretch the floor in that way uh, while also having a post game if needed. This game you didn't even need to do that. Um, you know it, it's just such a unique weapon to have. And, and you know even a small move like bringing Al Horford back. That was I think they they traded Kemba in a first round pick to get him back uh, when Brad Stevens took over because Al was there before that as well. Um, it's just like yeah like you know. Those individual moves, like, yes, they used first-round picks and things like that, but they knew they had stars, and they, had, and they surrounded them with, like, really, really good complementary players whose skill set could really enhance and sort of, like, build upon the existing skills or, or make up for the weaknesses of their core group. And now they're in the position where, you know, they are once again going to be in contention. And who knows? Again, like, you know, I'm not trying to gas up the Celtics that much. Like, you know, they still need to go out there and actually win some titles. But in the meantime, they have this amazing, amazing group, right? And I think on the other side for the Raptors, like, where is that sort of, like, A, first off, do you have those core star players in the first place, like a Tatum and Brown, which I would say no. Um, you know, with all due respect, Scotty can become one of those players. Um, Pascal, I think, is, like, just a little bit below. But, like, you know, ultimately, even if you do have those guys, what kind of moves have you made to sort of surround them with talent? Like, yeah, it's like, you know, trade it first for Thad, you know, or trade it first. Like, they kind of slid down like 15 slots or whatever in the draft to, to get that. You know, they, they bring in Jakoproto, but is the fit there as seamless? And, and does it really bring out the best of the group? And that's where I think, like, I, I think the Raptors did make positive moves to sort of like, get more talent like objectively Thad was better than what Goron was 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 used to trade him out or you know Jakob is definitely better than Ken Birch who was traded out um you know in, in return but you know did did those moves push the needle forward and did they sort of highlight or complement the talent that you have there and 
whatever. That's a bigger, you know, picture question. It's not something that's particularly relevant in this game. Maybe I'm just trying to find something relevant to talk about because the game was kind of such a snore uh, in terms of how um, lopsided it was. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, good management in that case from Boston, like to, to, to surround their their two star players uh, with the type of pieces they need, um, and even just finding bargain bin guys. Like, you know, they, they just got Sam Hauser, like they just signed him out of nowhere, you know, and and. Uh, you know, that, that was a nice pickup for them, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Peyton Pritchard, late pick and stuff like that. But anyway, whatever. This is, uh, we got to have some shame. Like, it, it is still Raptors Celtics, and this is a team I, I strongly despise, um, and uh, I, I can only praise them so much. So anyway, your three stars, if you had to pick three stars from this game, uh, from Toronto's perspective, uh, I would go, man, I don't even know, probably, probably Yak, I guess, first star. 12 points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, you know, I, I just like what the, game look like when he had the ball so i'll give him that credit i thought pascal was your second star only thing reason he's not getting first star from me is just a couple of times where holiday blew past him um you know especially now that they're asking pascal to play a lot more on the perimeter like he's just got to be you know i mean i don't know he, he can play really good defense on the perimeter we've seen it in the past but um yeah today i think just you know got beat by holiday a couple of times so but i'm gonna nudge him down a little bit but you know probably raptors best player tonight 17 points seven rebounds three assists three steals Six of seventeen from the field. Oh, four from three. That's a concern. Um, I think he's missed like fifteen of his last sixteen threes, uh, which is you know, I mean, damn. But um, he's also five of six from the foul line. Um, so I, hopefully, at least you could get that part of the game going. And then your third star toss up between Dennis and Malachi. But honestly, I thought Malachi came in and actually gave them a little bit of a jump in the in, in the third unit, I guess. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's not going to change the game whatsoever. But, uh, you know, I, I, look, Malachi came in. Even if you want to just say he came in and outplayed Delano, who is now on Boston. And, obviously, that was the contention there the last couple of years was who was going to play between Delano and Malachi. Well, Malachi looked a lot better than Delano in this game. So, l- let's give him some love. Let's give him some hype. I, I don't think he played badly in this game at all, really. But, you know, obviously, Malachi wasn't going to decide this game. But, yeah, 12 points on 5 of 7 shooting, including 2 of 4 from 3 for uh Mal. And then your Gerald Henderson award winner. Um I don't even know. I mean it's not nobody on that bench really came in and did something that you didn't expect. Um I guess the same thing with the starters. They're just really solid all the way through. I'm gonna go I, I guess I'll give it to Sam Hauser. I mean he's heard the Raptors before, but him coming in the game and immediately beating Chris for two pick and pop threes was uh just gave the 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 Celtics like crowd a huge you know, spark, you know, Sam seems like a bit of a fan favorite there, uh, which is fairly predictable, I suppose. And, um, yeah, why not? I mean, when you can cash threes like that, like who doesn't like that? So, uh, it's a tough game, but, uh, the Raptors return home after the four game road trip, they were two and two on the road trip, kind of ex- about what you would expect. And, uh, hopefully they get back in their winning ways when they play Washington, uh, on Monday. So, uh, I'm going to sign off for here. Thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptor show. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll tune back in for a win on Monday against Washington.